You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. everyone and welcome to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. I'm KC, I'll be your host this week and we've got a great show for you guys tonight. So uh, if you've been, uh, you know, listening to past episodes of the Sega Lounge, uh, you probably heard our review of Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire, uh, one of the newest uh, mobile apps by Sega. And it's, it's a different kind of Crazy Taxi game, it's a clicker. This week on the Sega Lounge, we have an interview with James Daniello of Demiurge Studios, the studio that developed Crazy Taxi uh, Gazillionaire. And we also have Danny Russell from Sega on the show as well. To They will discuss uh, a bit more about Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire. Uh, so, you know, share some interesting details about the development of this title. And, and hopefully, you know, some of your questions will be answered as well. Uh, apart from that, we have uh, awesome stuff. We have the news which added. We'd, we have Memories of Sega with A Winner With You. This week focused on Gunstar Heroes, great Mega Drive game. So if you're curious about A Winner With You's experience with that game, be sure to stick around until the end of the Sega Lounge for yet another edition of Memories of Sega. Don't forget to join us on Discord during the show, so Radio SE dot ga forward slash discord join our discord server and chat with other people listening in or uh, at radio sega on twitter you can also mention us at radio sega and let us know if you're listening and let us know your thoughts on this week's episode of the sega lounge so without further ado let's get into this week's news with our sweet soul brother shedded <sighs> what year is it I completely lost track of time when last week I completely forgot everything. Uh, okay. New console? Well, okay. Cue the intro, I don't care. Cue the intro. News Desk. Hello there. I'm Shannon and welcome to the News Desk, where we look into what's new in the world and the community of Sega. To start off, we'll talk about something that involves mobsters and services. Probably not in that context. <laughs> Although we won't be getting Yakuza 6 in the West until early 2018, Sega of Japan and the producer of the series, Toshihiro Nagashi, are already planting the seeds for a new game announcement. According to Silicon Era, Nagoshi explained in a recent Sega Nama livestream that he'll be sharing news about a new Yakuza game in the next few months, and that people will hear about stuff that will make them happy. <laughs> Well, wouldn't you know it, Sega Forever is indeed a new console, if you consider your smartphone one. Late last week, Sega revealed the Sega Forever service, which consists on re-releasing most of the Sega's console lineup, according to them, even the Dreamcast, for free with in-app purchases. 
The games in the first wave of releases were Comic Zone, Altered Beast, Kid Chameleon, Fantasy Star 2, and the remake of Sonic 1, with more to come during the year. Although the release was very welcome, it has been tainted with some performance and emulation issues in certain devices. In a recent interview with Eurogamer, Sega Networks' marketing officer Mike Hayes explained that they're looking into the matter, pinpointing cases of fragmentation when asked about older ports working previously on iDevices. Although owning an Android, I can honestly say the performance is subpar from what I've tried. But anyway, we're talking about the updates and rumors from previously announced and already released games. Valkyrie Revolution is upon us. After a few delays and it being in the Japanese market since January, the game finally got released two days ago for the, the American market and tomorrow for the European market. Ahead of this, Sega announced a lineup of free downloadable content that ranges from the release until the 18th of July, ranging from special Ragnite items to four scenario packs, Wondergond, the Circle of Five, the Princess and the Valkyria, and Maximum the Remembrance. The game will be available for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and digitally for the PlayStation Vita. Endless Space 2 dropped a new update last week, featuring a new quest from a mysterious prisoner trapped in a Neutron Star. Dubbed the Cellar Prisoner Update, Amplitude is adding modding, performance, and AI improvements, and a Neutron Star Arena. The update is available now. Creative Assembly is giving us a new look on Total Warhammer 2's campaign, releasing a new video detailing the stories within the land of Ulthuan and Lustria, and detailing the leaders of all four races in the game. As a reminder, Total Warhammer 2 is available on the 28th of September on Steam. And finally, we have some records to take care of in this week's extras. I don't think we covered this during E3, and after that live show, I mean... I hear that Shadow Guy did horribly, but Ad Games is releasing a new Sega Mega Drive console this fall, which will feature a 720p HD output, scanline filtering, a save, rewind, and pause features for each of the 85 games pre-installed, wireless consoles, and boasts a better stereo sound and it being one of their best products yet. And of course, I left the best for last, it will feature coverage support for the first time in a while. Again, this console will be released this fall. Data disk, stop, please, I'm just a mere pawn with no vinyl player. Why am I saying this? Well, in the span of a week, Data Discs announced not one, but two new vinyl releases. The first, in partnership with Sega, is a Sonic Mania soundtrack vinyl, which will be available in Sonic Blue, Classic Black, and Limited Edition versions. To celebrate this, Datadisks released a preview of a retouch to the Opolis Act 1, retouch from the original audio released since the 25th anniversary party on SoundCloud. Not only that, but they are also re-releasing Altered Beast's soundtrack in Vinyl 2. Like the Gunsaw Heroes one, this is cut into 45 rotations per minute on a 400 gram vinyl, and pre-orders start tomorrow at 7pm Western European Standard Time or 2pm Eastern. The Sonic Mania soundtrack, though, will start pre-orders in mid-July. And that's it for this week's news desk. I've been chatted, you can follow me at DarkwindPT on Twitter, at Darkwind underscore on Twitch, and you can follow Radio Sega on Twitter. See you all next week, folks!
News Desk. That was Shedded with the week's news on Radio Sega's The Sega Lounge. Uh, Shedded will be back next week with, you know, some more uh, news bits to share on the world of Sega and Atlas. So that's it for the intro to this show. And now it's time to play some music. This week all of the songs were picked by James Daniello of Demiurge Studios and he picked some awesome tracks starting with a Nosy remix by Waterboy this is uh, the subtractive dispatch mix of Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic 2 by Waterboy I hope you enjoy and we'll be right back with James Daniello and Danny Russell on the Sega Lounge
Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. All right, welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. And this week we have very special guests on the show. So uh, let's welcome Danny Russell. Hello, Danny. Hello. Hello. From Sega of Europe. Welcome to the show. It's it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, and, and so, Danny, you obviously are the, the community manager for the mobile side of things these days, right? Yeah, it's kind of a, a complicated one. So it's, I'm, I'm part of Sega Networks, which is based in San Francisco, but I work out of Sega Europe. Uh, oh. So I'm not exactly Sega Europe. I'm technically Sega Networks working in Sega Europe. But yeah, it's complicated. Okay. But it's all fun. It's yeah. Sega. It's Sega. Yeah. Okay. That's, that, let's stick with that. Uh, and we also have James Daniello. Is that how you pronounce your last name? That is very good. You did good. Okay. Yes. Uh, senior engineer on Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire. Hello, James. Hey, again. Yes. Uh, thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, so, uh, James and Danny are here to discuss Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire, obviously. So, the newest entry in the Crazy Taxi series. Um, so, let's let's just first talk a bit about yourself, uh, or ask you to talk a bit about yourself. James, would you like to start? So, would you like to tell us a bit about your history with video games, uh, your history as a gamer, and stuff like that? Uh, sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure where to start. It's a very big question. Um, <laughs> when did you start playing video games? Sure. I, I started playing video games maybe when I was like six or seven. Um, my cousin got me a uh, Super Nintendo for Christmas and it came with uh, Super Mario World. My God. And I played that. Yeah, I played that nonstop. That was pretty much, that blew my mind when I was like seven or eight. Um, before that, I actually had, I'm, I'm remembering now, I had uh, a regular Nintendo with uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. So I guess that's when I started. I was playing on like a black and white CRT TV in like 1992, 1991, something like that. So uh, my whole life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you, you were basically a Nintendo kid growing up? Uh, I had a Nintendo, I had a Super Nintendo, uh, but I was really a video gamer. I think I I avoided all the, the arguments on the playground about which was better, Super <laughs> Nintendo or Sega Genesis. I just like video games. Um, I had a Sega, a Sega Genesis, uh, a Dreamcast growing up, a Sega Saturn, which I have some fond memories of. Uh, all across the board, PlayStation, Xbox, I've just been playing video games. Just good video games, you know? Yeah, awesome, awesome. That's the way to go, I think, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what about you, Danny? By the way, since you're here, uh, you, you, you'll you'll be back on the show, right, to talk about something else. But uh, yes, there is plenty to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's plenty um, to talk about. But <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, so I start, started playing video games. I mean, I think the first video game I ever had, if you can count as one, was uh, Donkey Kong Jr. on the Game and Watch. Like it was its own <laughs> little Game and Watch sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I remember a family friend giving me what I later found out was a Korean Game Boy uh, with four <laughs> games. It was uh, Super Mario Land, uh, Tetris, um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Game Boy Adventure, <laughs> the classic, 
and uh, Nemesis, uh, which is, I think that's, that's the same as Gradius, right? Yeah, Ooh. I get those confused, Gradius and R-Type. Um, so a bit of a, a mix. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I mainly played Game Boy for a while, but I think when I was about nine, I got my first Mega Drive, which is a Mega Drive 2 with Sonic 1 bundled in. And mm -hmm. after that, I just kind of bought all the Sonic games and then went through, you know, Sega and Dreamcast, that kind of thing. And eventually opened up to other different consoles as well. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess ever since like first playing Sonic, I've, I've always been a big, uh, a big Sega fan, even though it was the 50 Hertz slowed down version of the music. And the Nothing game. wrong with that. Still got through. Yeah. Yeah. You had the easier version, maybe. <laughs> what, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, never thought of that <laughs> that way. <laughs> I couldn't beat it. I, I, I played Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic and Knuckles a ton of times. I, I, I can never beat it. I, I gave up after a while. Too hard. Yeah, you just you just need the level select sheet. Fine. Yeah. That's not. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you play video games. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know when, when I first so I'm I'm obviously from from Europe as well and uh, when I first heard um, the the 60 hertz the American versions of the the Sonic soundtracks I was like what's this what kind of sorcery so is this this is so fast this is this sucks and then I just realized <laughs> I was the one with the the wrong version of the soundtrack yeah yeah I've never heard the uh, so so there's 50 hertz versions of of the music too and I guess they play a bit slower yeah, yeah. it's like I think it's like 17.5% slower y okay. uh, um, not sure if that much but yeah a bit a bit yeah hmm. maybe it is maybe it awesome. is that. I'll go find those on YouTube and I'll, I'll I mean that'll be a really fascinating listen because I know those it, songs intimately it wasn't you know? yeah it wasn't for all games but it was for a number of games and I think Sonic was the one of the worst defenders and we had the, the 50 hertz borders as well so at the top and the bottom yeah we have yeah. these ugly borders and that sucks because Sonic's about speed, you know. You got less <laughs> even <speed>. even <laughs> even even then, uh, it was a really really fast game. So you know, yeah. that's how fast Sonic is. Even with the the 50 hertz version, it's really really fast. Does that mean you guys didn't have the blast processor? That's what that means, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we had it. We just had inferior screen technology. I mean, in theory, I think we could see more colors. Okay. Or some, something like that. So, oh, yeah. But no, this it's a uh, high resolution. That's what it is. The, this is just um, new. There must be there must be like yeah, some, some upside for, to this. A higher resolution yeah. through some kind of interpolated frames or something. I, I can't remember exactly. But. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah. That's that's our child childhood in in a nutshell as well. Okay. So, uh, Danny and Russell. So you're you're here to talk about um, Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire. So. Let me start by asking uh, James. So you're part of uh, Demi Urge Studios, right? That's correct. Okay. So you guys have uh, you know worked on a lot of projects in the past. Uh, would you like to you know for people not in the know to talk a bit about Demi Urge Studios, what you guys have been doing, other projects that you've worked on in the past and stuff? Sure, sure. Uh, so Demi Urge Studios has been around for something like 15 years. Um, I haven't been here for that entire duration. I've only been here for about two. Uh, but we started as sort of a uh, contract shop. So we would work for other people. We worked mm -hmm. on uh, some Aliens games. Uh, I think we worked on the Mass Effect port for PC. Uh, and we just kind of picked up work uh, all just from anywhere for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, we, we worked with Marvel to make Marvel Puzzle Quest. It was a pretty big hit. Yeah. And then I guess uh, Sega was expanding uh, their sort of mobile networks. So uh, so I guess Sega realized they wanted to get into sort of the mobile market. Uh, and that's when they acquired us, which was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess we've been, ever since, focusing solely on mobile, which we didn't do before that. Uh, and now working with Sega to leverage sort of some of Sega's IPs. Yeah, it, it, that's that's actually a good point. I, I was uh, doing some research for for the interview, and I realized you guys worked on, or the, the studio worked on a lot of PC ports and stuff. So uh, stuff like Borderlands, Mass Effect, and so uh, the the mobile focuses something more recent, right? Yeah. So one of the founders here, who was kind of uh, instrumental in, in guiding us towards these interesting and creative projects and stuff. Uh, helped us get on the mobile bandwagon, I guess, kind of early. Uh, and Mobile Puzzle Quest proved to be a big success. Uh, and I guess Sega saw that and they saw, hey, look, these guys are in North America. I mean, did we want, you know, companies in North America that can speak for and work for sort of an American uh, and Western audience. Uh, and they saw that we were a good fit. So they, I guess, approached us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. So, uh, by the way, tell me about your, your history in the industry. So you've been working for Demiurge for the past, like, two years or something? Is that what you said? Yeah. Was that your yeah. first gig, or did you start uh, out some, somewhere else? Sure. Uh, before that, I worked two and a half years in uh, in developing just mobile software for basically a a company that would work with uh, universities and hospitals to create sort of campus apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that for two and a half years. Um, but what I wanted to do was video games. So. Uh, while I worked there, I also took on some freelance uh, video game gigs. Uh, and one of the things I did was um, I, I worked part time to help a developer uh, release Pulsant on Steam, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a uh, it's kind of a, a step mania kind of thing with a original content or whatever. Okay. Uh, and I, I've been a I've been a professional and hobbyist, I guess, video game developer for like 15 years. So. Uh, in my youth, I, I used to mess with game makers and, and make a lot of video games. Um, and it was what made me want to go to school for computer science. Um, but when I graduated, I guess I wasn't completely uh, confident I was going to work uh, for video games yet. So I want to get a little bit of experience before I mm-hmm. apply it officially, I guess. Okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's cool that you actually, you know, were able to get into into the industry that you wanted to work in. So that's that's great. Okay, so that's the obvious follow-up question for this is, what does a senior engineer do? Sure. <laughs> um, I think I think I think the title senior engineer just speaks for um, your experience and your ability. Uh, on, on our project, I mean, I guess on our company, we're not so big on titles. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of have small teams that are fluid and we interchange people all the time. Uh, I guess the only title that matters, I guess, is lead engineer. On a couple of projects, we kind of have uh, a team lead, um, which for the first, I guess, three quarters of uh, Crazy Taxi, somebody else was the lead engineer. Um, after he rolled off being just a senior engineer, uh, I sort of took the reins of the project, uh, and I'm the only one kind of working on it now, or to, to sort of push out fixes and stuff post-launch. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So, by the way, it's it's time to, to talk a bit about about Crazy Taxi. So, were you familiar with the, the Crazy Taxi uh, series before working on this? By the way, sure, sure. Um, I had it for Dreamcast. That's where I first played it, and I think that was like 1999 when it came out. 
Uh, I had Crazy Taxi and Crazy Taxi 2, but I spent most of my time playing Crazy Taxi 2. Um, I think that's the one that had the Crazy Pyramid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. men's knowledgeable, yes. Yeah, Excellent. and that was, that was a lot of fun to me. I liked, I liked the regular arcade gameplay, but I felt that I hit some limits. Like, I, I, I couldn't get better and better and better, but I found, uh, I spent a lot of time on the Crazy Pyramid mastering those kind of puzzles if mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah <laughs> i i think many of us did spend some time on, on the mini games on on all the games on all the crazy taxi games yeah yeah and that was you know that was kind of something that uh, i wish we had included in crazy taxi doing there was maybe some references to the to the crazy pyramid or, or those kinds of things so i think those were memorable to a lot of people mm -hmm. yeah so um, you, you, you were quite familiar with, with Crazy Taxi. So, uh, uh, and this might be a question that Danny, you know, will probably better suited to, to answer, but uh, why Crazy Taxi for this kind of game? Why, why is Crazy Taxi, uh, why do you guys think this is, uh, Crazy Taxi is a, a franchise or a series that fits this kind of gameplay on a mobile sure. phone? I think I can actually speak for this. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, and I think that that's a good question because I think a lot of people have, uh, I mean, I guess the biggest risk, and we knew this going in, was that people who are loyal to Sega and, and to, I think, video games from, uh, you know, our childhood, I guess, want to see often uh, something that they're kind of familiar with. Um, and so we knew, I think, one of the biggest risks was if we were going to deviate from the, you know, driving a taxi kind of gameplay, that people might not be so receptive to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think... And I think that kind of, we knew was one of the biggest challenges when we worked on Crazy Taxi. Um, and I think that's kind of maybe part of the spirit of, of, of the question you're asking. Um, but I think we were surprised. I, I think people were pretty receptive to um, the game the game we made, even though it wasn't sort of the original sort of format. I think something kind of important is mobile doesn't have the same kind of control scheme that a, that a console has. So. If we're going to be a mobile-focused sort of uh, area of Sega's uh, sort of game development, we have to create things that work work for mobile. And I remember, I think, I think say uh, SGNI was part of the, the original pitch for us to make uh, Crazy Taxi uh, Gazillionaire. I don't think it came completely from internally, and I think uh, the way they pitched it originally actually got me kind of excited, which was uh, they pitched it as Crazy Taxi Empire. And I think kind of when the yeah. said that, I was like, that could be that could be kind of cool, you know. Um, and I think we have a lot of experience with mobile, and I think we have a lot of experience with kind of those RPG leveling uh, sort of mechanics and stuff. So we figured we could take advantage of Demiurge's strengths, uh, make something that's mobile focused, um, but still make something that people are kind of familiar and maybe excited to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, th that's exactly how I would describe this crazy taxi empire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good a good way too. Um, I think towards the end we wanted to uh, we weren't sure how we were going to market it, and the name actually came out in the last couple of weeks. That I think uh, the marketing team in San Francisco was like crazy taxi gazillionaire should be the way we go. And like that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Maybe crazy taxi empire would appeal to some people, but uh, I think they thought gazillionaire was even more. Uh, it's more crazy taxi like I think yeah it fits yeah, yeah. it fits the yeah. the crazy taxi universe and and language I think yeah you're right yeah mm -hmm. and so th this is basically a, a a mobile clicker game right so 
you cl click through the, some of the you know the, the so the, the passengers the the customers and uh, take them places in the game in 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 game locations um, and so the decision to go with this one was you know more based on on the on, on it being a mobile game and not being able to recreate the the kind of gameplay experience uh, of the original games yeah it would have been a big risk for us to try to make um, a, a nice driving game that really recreated the, the crazy taxi experience I mean you, you could imagine uh, going to the app store and, and downloading driving games or first-person games or something and, and and your probably instinct tells you that they're, they're probably not going to be very good <laughs> um, so that you know I think one risk would have been Let's try to make something that's true to the, uh, the crazy taxi driving. Um, but another risk would have been, let's try something completely different. And I, I think in the grand scheme, we went with, let's try something completely different. And I think it paid off pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing was, if we weren't going to make a driving game, the next big challenge was we had to capture the crazy taxi feel. You know, the craziness and the quirkiness and all the characters. Yeah. Um, and I think I think we did a good job. I think, I think the community's been pretty... Um, Pretty responsive to that. I think they liked. I think they like what we ultimately did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think between like the artwork and and the script and like the way everything's tied together, I think it's like I've, I've seen a lot of people talking about how it, it, like the artwork looks like uh, some of the original characters, like Axel and so on. They look like they've kind of aged as well, and they're still <laughs> on like their old expired licenses and things like that. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, and yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna uh, mention next because um, I think the the biggest you know selling point of this game is actually it's really true to the the original you know universe, Crazy Taxi universe. So the humor, the the script, as you said, the characters. Um, so was that something that you really spent a lot of time on? Uh, did you guys yeah. actually have to? Did you, uh, you know, consult with Sega or something regarding this? Yeah, I, I have. I think uh, I think I have something uh, to, to talk about here. Um, I, I think we had a very small team for this, which I think was something we wanted to do. We wanted to try to keep uh, the scope kind of small, make a, a small kind of project that we could be successful at. So we also had a small team, but I think in sort of having that. Uh, we realized everyone's going to kind of have to take a part in creating the Crazy Taxi universe. Uh, and so for this project, we did something we never did before, which was actually kind of cool, which is um, generally we work on like a two-week cycle. We say, hey, in, this, in these two weeks, we're going to do this amount of stuff. And when that's done, we're going to figure out what we're going to do next and kind of keep iterating on a project like that. Um, mm -hmm. But we realized if we're going to be successful, we have to make this game crazy in a Crazy Taxi kind of way, you know? <laughs> we have to really get the, the spirit of it. So one of the things we did, which we never did before, which I thought was really cool, was we took one day out of every one of these two-week cycles to just do whatever we wanted. We called it Crazy Friday. And so you'd have the engineers sort of making designs and gameplay stuff. Uh, and you'd have the artists messing with new ways to display stuff. And the only rules were that what we start on that day, we had to finish on that day. And we could go wild and create whatever we wanted. And I think in that way, we, we, we pulled creativity out of everybody, out of people that aren't necessarily always involved in the creative process when you make a video game. So we had some of the producers creating backstories for the characters, and we had some of the engineers creating gameplay stuff. And <laughs> when you look at the when you look at the game, you can see that uh, 
you can still see it. I mean, having been on the project, I know which stuff came out of that. Stuff like the cars flying at the screen and shattering them came out of just an engineer wanting to make something on, a, on, a, on one of these crazy Fridays. Uh, the, cash, the cash tornadoes and even the scratch tickets came out of that. So I think we knew that we had to sort of really get creative with this and then really have a lot of fun with it. And one of the ways we enabled that was sort of deviating from our normal uh, and maybe what people kind of imagine as being sort of, a, you know, a pretty stable and serious kind of uh, development practice uh, and just go wild with it. And I think that that was kind of how we, we tackled that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it has to be crazy, right? To be crazy taxi, it has to be something crazy. Yeah, otherwise, it otherwise it's not crazy fun. taxi at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, indeed. I think we did a good job. I think so too. I think so too. I think that the the biggest praise people are giving this game is actually being so faithful to what uh, we came to expect from the crazy or a crazy taxi game. You know, it's really wacky and funny. Uh, there are also all those uh, Sega Easter eggs as well. Yeah. The the that sponsors. Also came, that also came out of uh, us be, having a day to do sort of whatever we wanted. You know. Okay, <laughs> that's that's. Uh, probably one of the, the my my favorite things in in this game uh and it's also uh, um interesting that you you went with this uh before uh the ads come on on the game so it's it's nice so is, was it intentional that this had to be like something that would come before the ads so people wouldn't be as uh as bummed to to see ads in game Or... Um, it, it's it's actually more of uh, sometimes we have to design around problems, and, and one mm. of the big problems with integrating ads into your apps is they can be really un unreliable. So we figured we kind of have to have this uh, transitional screen, you know, in case anything goes wrong, and uh -huh. uh, we can't show an ad or something. And we realized, hey, here's another opportunity to, to have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's a good idea because it's you have some awesome Sega references there. Uh, did they all come from uh, your team, or? Yeah, yeah. And we actually had a lot more. Some of them were kind of uh, we had to pull edgy. back. Edgy. <laughs> some of them were edgy. Some of them were maybe too infringy. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so so we had to actually pull back some of them. There's a good couple in there that. Uh, That would have been great, but you know we couldn't get to. Okay, maybe in the future. I I, I know I, I was surprised with uh, with one of them, the Tails Motors one. Yep. Because uh, <laughs> that that's when I thought, hmm, this is this this reminds me of something else. This logo. It reminds you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so but, uh, there were uh, but... there was stuff that was more infringy, as you said. Yeah, 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 but, uh, yeah, but we, uh, you know, we worked with marketing, we worked with legal, and we tried to figure out, you know, what's going to be okay and what, what's not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those. Uh, I. I. I like the the mo the, the the silly ones like golden facts. Golden uh, facts. You know, there was somebody on our team that didn't understand that reference. They didn't get it until like two weeks before we launched, and they were like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. I that was pretty cool. You know. Yeah, that person needs to be fired right now. Yeah, <laughs> it just never clicked, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think many people who play the game, you know, don't really get all the references. So, but that's cool. That's cool. It's just for the the Sega fanboys out there. 
Um, yeah, uh, uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and the Virtual Biters one uh, wasn't clicking in their heads either. And they know yep. about Virtual Fighter, but I'm not getting this. What? Where is this from? Right, like dentists. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> okay, but th yeah, that's that's a very a very cool little thing there for people. Uh, and as I said, it doesn't. I I don't really mind watching an ad if I have that uh, really nice Easter egg there before the ad. So it's cool. Yeah, it's a I great idea. Speaking well, of the ad, well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say the thing is as well that um, the ads are all opt-in, right? Like you can mm -hmm. get through the game without watching any ads. Oh, definitely. It's just yeah. that it, it's go you're going to go a lot faster if you do watch ads, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... and I think I think that's something that a lot of people really were happy with how we did, right? That there are a lot of games that limit you if you don't watch ads, mm -hmm. um, and it seems like the response is pretty pretty positive. Mm. Yeah, that that was actually one of my my questions as well. Um, so oh, was it was this? Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's cool. Thank you, thank you for mentioning this. It's a good segue. Uh, so um, was this like something that you intentionally you know try to do when you work on a mobile game? Try to, or or is it uh, is it is it easy to balance out things like this? So you know you you need to include ads, you know. But uh, yeah. try not to, you know, uh, mess the experience for the, the, the gamers. Yeah. Um, is it, is it hard mean, to do? Uh, I mean, we have to make money somehow, right? Uh, I mean, that's just like the, the way it works. Um, but I think what we wanted to do was just make something good. You know, just mm -hmm. make something that's, that's fair and fun. And there were a lot of models out there of, of good systems. And there are a lot of models out there of bad systems, and we looked at those, uh, and from our experience too, we realized, how can we make this? I mean, there was a lot of a lot of iteration on the design. It wasn't like day one we knew what we were going to do 100%. Um, you know, as we kept playing, we realized this is a good opportunity to not show an ad, to take it out of the game. This is a good opportunity to show an ad. And I think what we really wanted to give people was just a, a, a good experience and, and let them decide when and, and how they want to watch ads. And it actually worked out really good. We, you know, Surprisingly, when you let people have the choice, maybe you'd be surprised that they watch more ads. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I, 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 you know, judging by my experience, I think yeah, people end up watching more ads than if you have to even really force them to. If you force them to, they'll just you know quit the game, delete the app, and yeah. Bye. I literally start the game up, watch an ad, double my money, and turn it off. I've never done that with any <laughs> app or game ever. I'm like, I'm like, this is compelling. I want to do this, you know. Yeah, if you if you start the game and you you like one like three hundred thousand trillion dollars, want to double yeah, that? Yeah, that. sure. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll turn it off and I'll go do what I'm doing. I'll come back later and play for an hour or something, right? But I've yeah. never done that before. I've never volunteered watching an ad and then walked away, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have done that myself. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so uh, James and Danny, uh, we've been talking for a bit, so I think it's time we take a quick music break. Okay, uh, when we come back, we have a couple more questions for for you guys, uh, and we have a surprise as well. So we, also, we always like to give surprise to our guests, so yeah. Mm. 
Uh, it's a good one, I think. Maybe not. Mm. Okay, so stay tuned. We will uh, play one of your requests, one of your uh, musical requests, uh, James. You picked a few uh, amazing tracks, I have to say. Uh, good picks there, so we'll, we'll play one of them. Uh, or maybe a couple, and we'll be right back on the Sega Lounge. So stay tuned. This is Radio Sega, and we'll be right back.
be this good takes ages. To be this good takes Sega. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.
Okay, welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. We're here with James Daniello and Danny Russell. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Hey. 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 And so um, we have we have a surprise, as I said uh, before. Um, it's it's surprise. It's it's aimed at James, but you know it's good to have a buddy to rely on <laughs> in, ti- in times of need so maybe that's it's a good thing that Dan is here uh, but so it's something we like to call the uh, Sega Lounge Challenge okay so uh, when people come on the show when we have guests on the show uh, we always uh, have a challenge for people to go through uh, it's usually something really simple uh, or maybe not uh, I'm lying and uh, <laughs> however for you to get in the mood we need to play the intro, okay? So I'm gonna play the Sega Lounge Challenge intro. Now you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome. To the Sega Lounge Challenge. It's something nice, as the man said, so it can be anything we want. Uh, so this time we have in reverse music for you guys to guess. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that. Uh, it's a little crazy taxi related quiz. Okay. So, okay. James, I have a few questions for you. And... You can get uh, help from the audience, the audience being Danny. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I, I, need, I need you guys to come up with one answer, okay? So um, what I'll, I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the question, James, give you three different options, and then I'll ask Danny the same question, and you'll have the option of sticking with your answer or changing it to Danny's, okay? Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start. We have five questions. Not much. Not much. So let's start with number one. Which of the following Sega Studios developed the original Crazy Taxi? Option A, Smilebit. Option B, Hitmaker. Option C, AM2. I will have to go with C, AM2. Okay. So James says C. AM2. Danny, what do you think? I'm going to say Hitmaker. Hitmaker. Okay. And now James. So you have the option of sticking with C or changing your answer to B. Okay. So I'm going from my recollection. And mm-hmm. I remember playing games where AM2 displayed at the beginning of Sega games. Yeah. Don't remember Hitmaker. I don't remember Smile Bits. I think you said Smile Bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I also do have a lot of faith in Danny. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> um, Are you sure that that's a good idea? I, I'm fifty-fifty. Uh-huh. <laughs> so your um, final answer is. My final answer. I'm going with, I'm going with Hitmaker. I'm going to feel bad if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, and you, you your uh, initial answer was AM2, right? It was, yes. Ah, and you changed it 
to Hitmaker. Ah, and good thing that you did no. because Hitmaker is the correct answer. Well done. <laughs> God, I was really doubting myself this time. My faith in Dan was well founded. Okay, very good, very good, good, good job. So one, one, one correct answer. Not bad, not bad. Let's go to question yeah. number two. What was the name of the collection of mini games you could play? In the Dreamcast version of Crazy Taxi, so the original Crazy Taxi. Option A, Crazy Box. Option B, Crazy Ball. Option C, Crazy Crate. I'm gonna have to go. Wait, what? <laughs> crazy Box, Crazy Ball, or Crazy well, was... Crate? Yeah, I was already talking about Crazy Pyramid. I know that that's in uh, Crazy Taxi 2. And Crazy Box is what I'm pretty sure was in the first one. So your answer is Crazy Box. Okay. That's correct. Uh, what about you, Danny? I concur. You concur. That's not really helpful. Yes. That's not really helpful. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. all for Crazy Box. Where, where if you're both wrong? I'm going with Danny uh, again. <laughs> you're going to go with Danny. <laughs> but okay. I'm going, yes. Okay. So... And that's correct, obviously. Yes, it's Crazy Box. It's Crazy Box. Uh, yeah, it's not Crazy Pyramid. When, I, when you mentioned Crazy Pyramid, oh, I was like, oh. I hope he yeah. doesn't mention uh, Crazy Box because that's one of you the know, questions. One of the ones I, I didn't get to play much of was uh, Crazy Taxi 3. Um, I don't know if you guys same. have. Uh, same, same here. Haven't uh, played that. Ever, yeah. yeah, I wonder if that had one too, and it probably was, was, was different. It was like crazy tetrahedron or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure. I think I think um you could unlock like the Crazy Taxi one and, and Crazy Taxi two characters in Crazy Taxi three, but I don't know if there was a special mode. You you had you I... had all the the maps, right? You had um you had the the, the, the Crazy Taxi San Francisco map, the New York map, and then you had the Las Vegas uh, map as well. Yeah, that was a new one. Yeah, with with yeah, the crazy this, jump from the the second game as well, so you could play the, the original game with the crazy jump that you didn't have in Crazy Taxi One. I, I know there was a mini game though in that one too. I've seen a video of a Crazy Taxi game where you chase a tornado or something, and cars are just raining out of the sky. Have you guys seen that? So that there had to also be some sort of mini game, something. Hmm, isn't that a, also, like a, a Chinese bootleg cool version? Sorry, there's, there's a cool version on uh, PSP, I think it's called Fair Wars, which yeah. like, combines Crazy Taxi 1 and 2, but it also has a simultaneous multiplayer mode, Yep. which I, I don't think it was in any other version. Mm -hmm. What was this one called? I don't think it had the original music. Uh, Fair Wars. Huh. Crazy Taxi Fair Wars, yeah. Uh, and a Crazy Taxi 3 had the Crazy X. Okay, so that's Crazy the minigame collection, Crazy X. Uh, yeah. It was on Xbox, so yeah, everything Xbox. had to be X. Made sense, made sense. It had four tiers. Tier 1 had 12 challenges, tier 2 10 challenges, tier 3 had 2, and uh, tier 4 had one final challenge. Uh, thanks, uh, yeah. thanks, internet. <laughs> okay, okay, so uh, that's a, a bit of trivia out of the way. So hopefully none of the next questions are about Crazy Taxi 3 because I already gave you the answers. Uh, so no, actually no. Question number three. Ready? Yep. No, you're not. 
in the original releases of Crazy Taxi, in the original releases of Crazy Taxi, you can find real-world businesses. Which of the following cannot be found in the original game? So, which of the following cannot be found in the game? Option A, Nike. Option B, Pizza Hut. Option C, Tower Records. I do know Tower Records was in there. I remember KFC, I believe. Um, I think Pizza Hut was probably in there too. I don't think Nike was in there. I'm going to go with A, Nike. Okay. Danny. Yeah, I, I agree. It's Are you sure? Definitely not Nike. Sure, but like positive. I'm very sure. So, final answer, James. A? That's correct. So, not like Pizza Hut? You remember KFC, so. Yeah. Maybe this is like a trick question? I know you're making me doubt myself. <laughs> that makes me think that I got the right answer. <laughs> And you did, yes. It's option A. <laughs> Nike. Nike wasn't there, no. Pizza Hut was. There's a there's a um one of the, the, the push notifications for a gazillionaire actually uh, mentions Pizza Hut, I think, right? Uh, is that it? Is that or, or is it Crazy Taxi Classic? Is it Crazy Taxi Classic? Oh, maybe, maybe, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's Crazy Taxi Classic because I, this is why I'm quite familiar with them because I, uh, I wrote the classic notification. Okay. And I wanted to put in some, because we, re we removed all the licenses. Exactly. Uh, for whatever legal reasons, so I wanted to put in an Easter egg that was kind of making fun of. It's like, it take me to pizza, uh, awesome. uh, I mean, to yeah, the yeah, pizza yeah, place, yeah. right? <laughs> That's a funny That's awesome. one. Yeah. Okay. Crazy Taxi Spirit. Exactly, exactly. Very good. So, three out of five, which means you already won. You know, you got most of them right. But let's see if you can get a, like, a perfect score. So, question number four. While the first game's map was heavily influenced by San Francisco, what city was the map of Crazy Taxi 2 based on? Option uh, A. I, I'm not going to give you any options. Come on. Oh. Come on. Okay, I mean... I'm pretty sure I know this. We drew heavily from Crazy Taxi. Uh -huh. And the three areas we drew from were San Francisco, New York, Vegas. Uh, and I'm fairly certain the third one took place in Vegas. Right? And so the second one had to be New York. Even though, as I play it, I don't remember looking or feeling New York. Okay. Yep. So That you say right. New York. Yeah. Okay, can we hear the options? Okay, so uh, option A, Las Vegas. Option B, yeah. Washington, D.C. Option oh. C, New York City. Interesting you didn't go with Vegas, San Francisco, and New York, but... Uh, uh, San Francisco uh, was, yeah. it was in the, the question, so I That's already true. said, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Had to go with another one. So... Well, definitely... Yep. Definitely... New York. New York, yeah. Danny. New York. Yep, yep. Not D.C.? No, 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 not DC. Not getting me confused. No. <laughs> <laughs> And it's correct. New York City, obviously, is the correct answer. Actually, DC would probably be pretty cool for, uh, for a crazy taxi. Oh, definitely, yeah. A lot of monuments. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's why I thought of DC. Uh, okay, so last question. This is interesting. 
this I'm not sure this I think is a bit hard let's see so in Sonic Colors and you're asking Sonic Colors <laughs> but what's what's that got to do with Crazy Taxi in Sonic Colors Dr. Eggman announces a yellow car is about to get smashed by an asteroid he then refers one of the original Crazy Taxi license plates did you know this the question is which one so is it Axel's 1NOM155, meaning I know miss? Is it Biddy Joe's 2Hop260, so 2Hop to go? Or is it Gina's 5EXY515, sexy sis? <laughs> so is it Axel's, Biddy Joe's, or Gina's that Dr. Eggman? Uh, mentions in his PA announcement in Sonic Colors. <laughs> so option A, Axles, I know Miss. Option B, BD Joe's, Too Hop to Go. Option C, Gina's, Sexy Sis. I mean, I, I, could, I, I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't played this. I haven't, but I can make a best guess. Um, I mean, I could see Axel's because it's the first character and maybe the one that most people are familiar with. Uh, I could see Beanie Joe's or Genesis too. Genus, because they wanted to, you know, not be so obvious with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a hint, okay? So it's one of these options. That, that's my That's my hint. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, that's You know, I, I, I would lean towards BD Joe's more. Like, I can't remember. This is from a cutscene in Sonic Colors? Is I, uh, I you know, during during the game, during game, in in, in game, in, in when you're playing in, in the all the levels, all the levels, you you can hear uh, Dr. Eggman, you know, oh, announcing like stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, a PA announcer. So it's just. I, I think mm. I feel like it would be BD Joe more just because he's had kind of more kind of just general appearances in Sega series mm -hmm. like in uh, you know Sonic, the All Stars Racing Sonic, yeah uh, All Stars Racing series mm -hmm. um, so I feel like he has a closer connection but it's like yeah it looks like Axel kind of the main character right mm -hmm. I don't know I I would lean more towards BD Joe okay and, and this is a, a, so you'd say a B right. And this is over like a PA system, so there's no, there's no visuals or anything. He's just saying it. Exactly. So he says the license plate. Uh huh. So can you read them again? Uh, so Axel's is one N O M one five five, meaning I know Miss. Yeah. B D Joe's is two H O P two six zero or two six O to hop to go. And Genus is. 5EXY515 Sexy Sis I feel like it wouldn't be Gina's just because <laughs> like Sonic Team wouldn't even appro approve the word sexy maybe <laughs> but, uh, sure. yeah. and, uh, I think You don't really say good. sexy he just says 5EXY so. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Okay I, I, Yeah, maybe I'll also uh, eliminate that one yeah. Okay so, and and if he's if he's gonna say it over a PA, he wants, you know, they they're still gonna want the jokes to connect. Mm -hmm. um, and when you read them out loud, I feel like maybe Joe's does connect better. 
So your answer you is? Kind of piece it together in your head. Um, I'm also gonna go. I'm gonna go with Billy Joe. Okay. So no. in Danny, Billy Joe. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna say Billy Joe just because of the Sonic Link. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. But is it right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the correct answer is option. Option A, Axel. Oh. Yes, yes, it is. No. Yes, one N O M one five five. I actually think that rolls a bit better of your tongue. So that's, that's yeah. I think so. Would the owner of a yellow car, license plate one N O M one five five, please report to the main gate? Your vehicle is in the path of an asteroid, and it's about to get smashed. Oh, um, never mind. But yeah, I I, I I agree with Danny's reasoning there, you know. BD Joe is, I think, uh, a bit more popular because, you know, that's what they, the character they include in, in All-Stars Racing and everything. So, yeah, that would make a bit more sense, but it's Axel's. It's Axel's, yes. Uh, so it's a nice little Easter egg there for uh, Crazy Taxi fans wow. in Sonic Colors. Okay. 4 out of 5 ain't bad, right? It's not bad. That it's was, amazing. Was, it's amazing. That's a tough question. I, I accept the <laughs> you know, yeah, but you did very good, very good. Four out of five is, is amazing. And so uh, it's my pleasure to um, present you with the Sega Lounge uh, seal of approval, which I will send to you via Skype, because that's what, where we're doing this. And yes. There you go. The seal of approval. Um, still freaking I'll everyone out with the thumbs there. Uh, <laughs> so well done, well done. James and Danny. So, um, we're almost done with, with the interview. Thank you so much for coming. But uh, let me just ask you, uh, if are there any plans for future updates to Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire, new content coming up or something like that that you can share with, with all our listeners? Um, I mean, I, I don't have the... Uh uh, approval probably to be the guy that, that makes those announcements, if that makes sense. <laughs> but, but I will say, uh, we launched it, uh, people liked it, right? So mm -hmm. um, from there, we get to make our decision, right? Yeah, makes sense. I'm, I'm, what I'll say is that we're always interested to hear what ideas the community has. Mm -hmm. And uh, if anyone would like to send their ideas for Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire to community at sega.net, uh, I will be listening and I will pass on to the team at Demi Okay, there you have it. Community at sega.net, right? That's right. Okay, okay. Write it hey, down, people. Got a, I was going to say, we've already got a new location like that, right? <laughs> Ooh, spoilers. No, I'm saying, I'm saying yours. I'm saying yours. Washington, yeah. D.C. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to email uh, Danny with Washington, D.C. Just, no, all caps, Washington, D.C. No, and I'll no. forward it right on to James. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Um, so, yeah, James, Danny, anything you'd like to say to the fans listening in, to people who, maybe first to people who haven't yet decided to download uh, Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire apart from what are you waiting for? Yeah, um, I, I, I think what's interesting is uh, I showed the game to a lot of my friends who 
liked Sega and liked uh, Crazy Taxi growing up, but who never actually played mobile games. Uh, and I think it was a big departure for them from mm-hmm. uh, the Crazy Taxi universe that they're familiar with. But they got insanely addicted. And to me, that was, I think, a really good sign. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I, I'd like to also say that... Uh, I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of Crazy Taxi fans out there who are a bit unsure about trying this out. Uh, but I think if you actually give it a go, like just give it, you know, five, ten minutes, and I think you'll be impressed with uh, the attention to detail that's gone into the game and just how much of the original spirit is there. And I think you'll be one round pretty quickly. So just, you know, if you haven't had a, a chance to, to play it yet, just give it a go and uh, see what you think. Okay. Wise words yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, like I said, I, one of the big risks was we knew we were making something different, right? Uh, and so we were all very eager to, to kind of see how it turned out. And I think I think we were kind of amazed by how receptive and open-minded a lot of people were. I think overall yeah. we got a pretty good response. And I, and I think that that speaks to the team. I think the team did a really good job. Um, I'm, really, I'm really proud of what everybody put into the game. And I think, I think a lot of people liked it. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah. And so, any any uh, final words for the fans, people that have been playing the game and have been enjoying it? Um, Maybe expect Washington DC to be added soon. Yeah, keep your ears <laughs> open for uh, Washington DC level. Yeah. I'll just say, go make some crazy money. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, yeah. So yeah, um, so Washington DC coming soon to Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire. You heard it here first, exclusively confirmed. on Radio Sega. So too late to go back now. Too late to go back now. It's 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 written in stone right now. Uh, and yeah, so you'll be able to uh, jump on you know on the, the the rooftop of the the White House and everything. So that's nice. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not a good idea for security reasons. Uh, yeah. So, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, all the best for Crazy Taxi and, and future endeavors and whatnot. So, if you ever, uh, you know, decide to add Washington DC, you need to come back on the show and, <laughs> and tell us about that. Uh, Danny, thank you so much as well for for coming on the Sega Lounge. Uh, and You're welcome. Y- you really need to come back soon, right? To discuss Sega Forever. Yeah, I, I sense that you, you might have a, a lot of questions for me. So I will be back. Okay, I'll be back. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> although I will say this, you're doing a great job uh, in the PR side oh, of shush. things. So yeah, uh, I've said this before, so I'll say it again. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on, on the Sega Lounge soon to talk about stuff and things and whatnot. Okay, so thank you guys both for for coming on the show. We'll keep going with Sega Lounge, so stay tuned. We have more music than we have this week's Memories of Sega. And we'll come back with the After Hours segment right here on Radio Sega. Stay tuned, we play the best Sega music 
every week a different guest, Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega. As far as debut titles go, you could certainly do a lot worse than Treasure. Made of former Konami employees, Treasure would go on to make such classic titles like Guardian Heroes, Dynamite Heady and Radiant Silver Gun, and you could tell right from their very first game that they were something special. I'm talking, of course, about Gunstar Heroes, a run and gun released on the Mega Drive in 1993. Playing like a slightly less unforgiving version of Contra, Gunstar Heroes had many of its own gimmicks, most notably the ability to combine weapons into something more powerful. It's fast-paced, hectic, and full of awesome special effects you would never have expected from a Mega Drive. Oh, and it has some of the most memorable bosses ever as well, in particular the mighty Seven Force, a behemoth with, you guessed it, seven forms. This is actually one of the most important games in my life, not only because it's so good, but for another very big reason which I'm about to talk about. I believe I first saw this game in an issue of Sega Power magazine, just a screenshot or two, but they look pretty cool. A few months later I saw a review of the gaming machine Sega, and they were very impressed, giving the game a whopping 93%. The screenshots really caught my attention, it really looked absolutely amazing. The other reviews were a bit more mixed, but it was certainly one I was interested in. Sadly, I never saw the game in the wild, and I never had a chance to play it in my youth. We now move to the year 2000, where the only gaming I was doing was on my Dreamcast and Playstation, and my Mega Drive was consigned to the attic of history. One Sunday, I went over to my friend's house to play some games on his Playstation. His little brother had recently got a Mega Drive for, I believe, was his birthday, and amongst the games he had was a compilation cartridge which had Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle, Alter Beast, Flicky, and Gunstar Heroes. As Gunstar was a game I wanted to have a crack at, I suggested to my friend we should give it a go in two-player mode. He agreed, and we started playing. I instantly fell in love. We got pretty far into the game, but we had to stop playing after a while, so we didn't beat it. As I made my way home that day, I thought back to the game. I now really wanted to own the game and see the end of it, but of course I no longer really had a Mega Drive. I then started to think of all the classic games I once had, and I really wanted to play those again as well. So, a few days later, I went into town and bought myself a new Mega Drive. It would be at this time where I would start to rebuild my collection, getting the games I once loved back, while hopefully getting to try out the ones I missed out back in the day. To this day, my collection keeps growing and is full of everything from the classics to the more obscure gems out there. As for Gunstar itself, I finally found the game back in 2004, in a newly opened branch of GameStation, where I found a copy of the same compilation pack that I had played with my friend a few years back. Of course, I snapped it right up. Finally, I was able to play through and beat the game, and I can only say I love the ride. Gunstar Heroes may have only been Treasure's first game, but its quality immediately put them on the map. Quite rightly so, too. The pace of the game is amazing, with so much going on but with very little slowdown. It also has, in my opinion, one of the best minecart stages ever, and that's not just because uh, that's where you face Seven Force. It's the whole direction of the entire stage that was just amazing to me, and that legendary boss was just the icing on the cake, really. It's also quite challenging, though not quite as brutal as your average Contra games I mentioned earlier. The final boss in particular did give me a bit of worries, and there were quite a few times where I defeated him, but 
only on my last sliver of life. It's a stellar achievement for the Mega Drive, and the one the machine can be very proud of. It's without a doubt one of its finest titles, and the fact it was the sole reason I restarted my Mega Drive collection in the first place makes it a particularly special one to me. Memories of Sega Awesome game, Gunstar Heroes is what a classic. So, and maybe that's one of those uh, classics uh, that are coming soon to uh, Sega Forever, to the Sega Forever service on mobile devices. Who knows? So, as you heard uh, during the interview, we'll try to uh, have Danny back on the show soon to talk about uh, Sega Forever and maybe you know answer some of your questions about the service as well. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Sega Lounge. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview, uh, the crazy taxi-related uh, Sega Lounge challenge as well. 
And I want to once again thank James Daniello of Demiurge Studios and Daniel Russell from Sega for coming on the show and taking the time to, you know, chat with uh, with me on on this subject of Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire. Don't forget you can now uh, download uh, Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire on both iOS and Android devices for free. So if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, feel free to do it because it's a really interesting game to say the least. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to the Sega Lounge. Don't forget to check out our other live shows. You can go to radiose.ga forward slash shows to check out our full lineup of live shows currently airing. Uh, don't forget that next week we'll see the return of two uh, you know, other shows to our uh, lineup of Radio Sega live shows. We'll have Last Call returning... Uh, on Friday, and uh, right after that, again on Friday, we'll have Chaos Control Center. So two uh, returning shows uh, for new seasons on Radio Sega coming next Friday, seventh, the seventh of July. So don't forget to check those out as well. We'll be back uh, next week with another interview, so don't forget to check us out as well. Same time, same place, same station, Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's episode. Big, big thank you to Shedded for this week's news and to a winner with you for his memories of Sega. And, you know, stay tuned. We have one more awesome track to play. Uh, this was yet another pick by James Daniello, and it's Sweet Soul Brother from the Jet Set Radio soundtrack. I've been KC. This has been the Sega Lounge. I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.